Howdy, everybody. I'm Cisco Naira with Humidity Podcast, the sister of Humidity, Houston's bike courier zine. This was a bike messenger zine that started back in 1998. It ran month to month for tres años. It was about the bike messenger lifestyle and culture. Now we're bringing it to you in audio. We are continuing the conversation a decade and a half later with a new perspective from H-Town to the world. We'll be talking to ex-bike messengers, current bike messengers, and friends of bike messengers. So sit back, take a ride, and enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody, to the Humidity Podcast. I am uh, Cisco the Kid, and right now I'm sitting with, I guess I'll say, every bike messenger from Houston is one of my favorite dudes. Uh, I'd like to introduce you to this guy. His name is uh, Michael Cava. No. <laughs> Mike, what's up, dude? Howdy, y'all. Yeah, what's going on, man? Uh, I know we've been trying to get together and sit down and do this for a couple weeks now. <laughs> so I, I decided to call you yesterday and said, dude, let's podcast tonight. And you were like, let's do it. I was like, all right, come on. So, uh, Let's go ahead and start off, dude. Uh, give me some of your AKAs that you were known for in downtown. I mean, I kind of said that um, in the beginning, but, you know, I'm sure there's funny. Every bike messenger has an AKA. They but. tried a few, and none of them stuck. Come on. Uh, Spiky Mike mm-hmm. for a little bit. I remember that one. Because I thought it would be a great idea to have Liberty Spikes and, you know, walk up into people's professional offices and shit, handling their very important papers. Uh Princess. Oh, I remember. <laughs> I remember that one, dude. I remember like, that one. They used to call you Princess, man. Oh, uh, uh, shit. But mainly what stuck is this uh, Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh. And then I remember, okay, what year did you start in downtown? I want to say it was April 2005. April 2005? Okay. I was on the three years after that like I left but I, I remember meeting you and I remember when you came down uh, you and Hunter came down at the same time right? No, 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 no. Hunter came in maybe a year after you? Years. No, because years. when I left downtown in 08 he was working down there because I used to see him on the bike and he's like yeah, he was so stoked. He was young. He was like a teenager. He was, like I'll tell you what, he was, he was filling in. I don't know how or who he talked to uh, but he was filling in for a guy here and there you with like, who it was? I don't like, I, but I think it was, I want to say, I don't even remember what company. I just remember like he was filling in. He, he was like 17. So yeah, he was a kid. Dude. So I met him when I was 16 and he was 11. So he was like a fucking baby. Like, dude, I was, no shit. so I was 19 or maybe 20 when I started in yeah I, I guess I was 20 or like 19 about to turn 20 that summer and uh so he's like five years younger than me but he's like <laughs> <laughs> he didn't look I mean he looked young but he didn't look, he looked like he could have passed for like 20 and uh you know, matter of fact 21. funny story like uh it was a while before anybody fucking caught on because he would just hang out and yeah, he used to come out I, and hang I, out. I feel like it was later. Like we would, we would, uh, we would go on these like group rides and shit to use rubbers, and, and it would end up at a bar. And I was sober. I don't think he was, but they finally were like, "Yo, dude, we find, we actually know how old you are. Like you're 17, and you'd be like coming around for a while." Yeah, because I mean, it was you, 
and and I mean of course it was the messenger crew and like there was there was definitely when you were down there like the different generations and ages of, of, of messengers down there there were the guys that were there for a while I mean there's always that like the, the super rookies to the, the young the guys in their 20s and then there's the guys in their 30s and then like there's even guys in their 40s you know and most of those guys have been there for a long time you know over 10 plus years so uh, yeah um, I want to actually man I want to say like he it wasn't until a few years later that he actually showed up but I don't know you'd have to ask him it was 08 I remember because I met him 08 08 might be right so that was like three years dude it all just fucking kind of ran together there for a hot minute yeah because I remember I was delivering I remember when I I, shout out you know uh, I remember like the first time I met Hunter that I was walking out of 1221 McKinney and he was locked up next to me he was kind of just standing by his bike and uh i started talking to him that's how i met him but i remember he was like oh yeah he's like he asked me he's like you throw the races right and i was like yeah yeah he goes when are you gonna throw it? he was all about it you know i could i could see the pumpness in him like, yeah. he was just like you know he was stoked about you know wanting to get down with do some you know some kind of event or something so i i met him and i talked to him you know i we sat i, I shot the breeze for him for about 10 minutes i think you're right oh oh five to oh eight was like yeah that might be right so it's three years he later just started working and then i was like how old are you dude and you know he was a teenager he was like maybe 18 it's like 17 17 yeah, he, was little, <laughs> he was babies dude but he like kind of i mean he looked kind of older he looked a little rough around ass. the edges yeah. you know like yeah. maybe he'd been hit by a car maybe he'd had a <laughs> couple of bad accidents which he actually had you know yeah. so hunter. <laughs> shout out to terrorizer hunter terrorizer out in like, out in vancouver yeah, married yeah, happily he's with cat he's an official canadian he now is, really? people wow. keep asking me like all the time how's hunter how's hunter i'm like dude i mean for one no news is good news but like you know i'm like all right i'm sick of people asking me so he's you know he's good he's actually like you know a canadian citizen now cool legit hey, he's been out there for like four years now right I, yeah, dude. three or four years maybe longer because i remember he met that girl at a, like a nap. Denver. It was yeah, Denver, Denver 2015. 16, yeah, 15, 16. <laughs> they all just like, yeah, they all run together, almost, man. Almost four or five years ago. Dude. Yeah. Because I remember I was going to go there and, and Leonard ended up going to Denver. Did you, you went there I was too. there. Leonard was there. And Leonard was there. And a couple of guys went from Houston. Hunter, you, Leonard. Terrorizer, me and Leonard. And I don't, I don't remember anybody else. None of us stayed together. <laughs> no, y'all were all, and that's where Hunter met that girl. No, that's, I mean. Or his wife. This is his wife. This is his wife now. Yeah. That's, that's Mrs. Terrorizer. Yeah. <laughs> She's a nice lady, though. Cool. Uh, yeah, I, I think I met her once. I, I think you're right. That's where they met, and they kind of like, there. there's like a little story on the, on the interwebs that I saw, like they reposted about how they met and shit and like you know bike messenger romance is like yeah it's about the fucking cutest shit ever yeah. <laughs> yeah I always I follow him on Instagram so like I always see pictures like I know he's a cat fan so like I always see pictures of him and his cats and her so alright man so you say you started at 05 um do you remember the first company you worked for how could I forget uh tell me Houston's Courier Oh, dude! Uh, I saw, there were a couple other guys who worked there. I remember when they first started in downtown. 
They wore the maroon shirts, right? Or did y'all have maroon shirts back then? Or did they even have the drivers shirts? had maroon shirts. The the bike messengers had jerseys. I God, I wish that God, I still had one. Um, the bike messengers had a uh, basically total knockoffs of of the Daniel Boone cycles with the like the bike. That's right. Flying under the wings and shit. Yeah. That shit was rad. And the Houston yeah. skyline on the back. That shit was sick. Yeah. And it just said it was. They totally ripped them off. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So, what's it doing over there, son? The speed holders they make the Of course, we're sitting here, and Cav is actually having himself a Lone Star beer. So, all right. So, you work for um, Houston's Couriers for um, how long? Would you say, dude? You started in 05. I started in 05. Dude, that was thirteen years ago. Fourteen years ago. I love you. Started in 05, and I must have been with them for like at least a year and a half, two years before I got on with the five. And that was, I want to say. Damn, so you've been with them Mach 5 ever since, dude? No, I got fired in between. (laughs) (laughs) I spent a lot of time. I spent some time not being a bike messenger and being broke. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I remember you went back to school. I did, man. That's so like getting back. I made it to San for the San Francisco NAC was in 2007, and I could afford to go there because I had Mach 5. Mach 5 I was making that Mach chicks. 5 loot, yeah. yeah. Still living, like, cheap as hell in Montrose back when the rent was right. five bills yeah. for a two-bedroom. Yes. It's like, oh. Yeah, that shit don't exist oh, at all. Nowhere. Actually, I, I rode through there during... Your alley cat, motherfucker. <laughs> I, I, actually, I, when I was doing your alley cat just recently, the Texas Independent, I was like, dude, I hope Kavanaugh doesn't. I was saying this in the back of my head. I hope he doesn't pick a fucking bunch of Montrose checkpoints because I'm going to be lost. And like, I mean, I, I lived in the Montrose for about four years back in the mid 90s. But man, it what? And when I went through your race and. Dude, everything is different, dude. Completely changed, All those man. old houses are gone. But if there are there, some of them, they, they've been totally redone. Uh, all these just uppity, yuppity, you know, um, businesses. Yeah, there's nobody. I mean, there's still, like, maybe 15 to 20% of old mantras there. If anybody's yeah. selling crack in that neighborhood, you know, they, they're keeping... Oh, they got, <laughs> they got it on lock, dude. They're keeping it secret. They got that shit on lock. So, um... <laughs> yeah so anyway thank god you didn't do that and most of the checkpoints were regular workday checkpoints how'd you get to Montrose from um <clears throat> we had to cut through there after we left uh, the medical center we I went through Montrose to uh, get to, to uh get to that place off of uh, 45 by White Oak Bayou that that there it was a duplex it was a, like all those townhomes right there I forgot who was there uh Will Will was there you sent Will there that was, um, I forgot that. Shoot. That's Freeman's Town, bro. Yeah, Freeman's Town. Yeah, yeah, come on. That's Freeman's Town, man. I forgot. Dude, I haven't lived in the Montrose in over 20 years. Bro, there, so what? Yeah, the, it's been over 20 years. The reason that was like historically significant is anyway. It used to be Crack City, dude. Yeah. It was fucking Crack City back then. And easy to get lost in. That's another reason oh, that I made it a checkpoint because, yeah. like, it's all one ways and narrow, yeah. cobbles, a like, challenge. Some of the old streets are still there from back then. From the fucking 1900s, early 1900s. So the city would not, is Freedman's Town, the first, like, you know, black neighborhood or one of, 
and the the city would refuse to to pave those streets and this is like his i wanted to make a whole pamphlet of like why these things are significant to houston oh, yeah, and shit six ward is like that too like some parts of six ward they like made the bricks they like went and dug like clay out of the bayou to pave their own yes yes bro yeah that's that's interesting actually (laughs) i I can't wait to interview this guy uh Dwayne. oh uh i told him i was like dude all right so when i did humidity Dwayne used every month gave me uh content like every month like he gave me he gave me a write-up on like just about as many buildings as he can like he knows his shit, dude. Like, like where to take a shit, where to take a nap. No, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> or, or the history. The history. Yeah, like yeah. Jefferson he... buildings and one shell. And he'll tell you, like, the year it was built, the architect who built it. Like, I was like, what the fuck? He blew me away. Like, he knew so much about that. Stuff. And he, like, I would sit there and talk to him at the tower, and he'd just be spitting this shit off the top of his head. And that's why I got the idea. It's like, hey, do a section uh, for me in humidity please or a write-up because i know he loves that shit i was like write up about the different buildings in downtown and when they were made and all this you know the architecture and the structure dude downtown man he's got a boner for like architecture in general like whenever he goes like Like travels on deliveries yeah he's like does he still work with my five yeah okay right on yeah um yeah when he's out of town or like you know on deliveries and like delivering in like a neighborhood He'll like, take a picture of it. He'll take a pull over a random yeah. house and, yeah. like, and like drop the whole history. I'm like, yeah. motherfuckers, yeah. great. It's amazing. It's amazing. I, I, am like, I, I can't wait to get him on here because uh, I'm going to have him kind of you know, <laughs> recite all that stuff that he was telling me back then. And then plus he'll give the history of like the downtown, how we used to work in the buildings. Because some of those buildings, they tore down already. Like, uh, and, you know, uh, Dwayne would get mad and post the pictures. These cocksuckers, you know, like tearing this fucking... Houston is known for tearing old shit down and build. There's no history here. Really. Fucking cannibalism. Yeah. Savages. It's, it's messed up. The, all right. Let's rewind back. <laughs> so you worked Mach 5 off and on from like 2009. All right. All right. Side note. Dwayne was the first guy that I worked with. What do you mean? At Houston's career. Oh, he trained you? He didn't he train. Chad Lovell. Oh, Chad Lovell. Yeah. Chad Lovell. Lumberjack Chad. Lumberjack Chad. Lumberjack Chad. Yeah. Shout out to Chad. I haven't seen that. And Dwayne was my first coworker, so that was that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, we tied that together. <laughs> we talked about Dwayne, and he said, "Hey, you was my first coworker." As a matter so of fact, it worked out. So, so now you're still you haven't retired, and you're, when did you get off the bike though? Because now you're a dispatcher, right? Eyes. Uh, yep. <laughs> Excuse me. I, I, I traded in the jersey for casual clothes something like that button down some slacks I don't wear actually cool story is like I don't cool story bro is I jean, jeans and a and a polo flies yeah. at, at Mach 5 yeah if you're a dispatcher no it's it's cool we have a lack dress code in the office it's tight it's like yeah. it was like one of the the last rules made before I um it's this is my second summer dispatching, so... Second summer? What year is it? Fuck. It's 2019. No, dude, I feel like... The very beginning of 2018 is when I when I started because, like, the city was froze over. Yeah. 
and I was like, I was like trying, <laughs> I was like trying to get on the train to get to work, and they're like, "Hey, the city shut down." I'm like, "Motherfucker, I'm trying to train for this job." Yeah. Go home. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, I mean, you actually, Orlando was dispatching before you, though, right? Mm-hmm. So. I mean, there's been quite a few messengers that worked for Mach 5 that went into dispatching. Uh, who else was doing that? It was you, Orlando, Jesse. Jesse, Jesse and Dusty were... And uh, Dusty? Jesse yeah. and Dusty were dispatcher. Dispatcher. They were, they were running the show. Actually, like, when I was training for Mach 5, Jesse actually got out on the street and trained me, which I fucking appreciate. Yeah. It was like, I don't know flattering and shit actually i was supposed to interview him episode 12 but we just didn't link up so i had to get somebody else what a poser (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah quite a few messengers went from in on the bike to in the office and damn so far five of y'all jesse oh it was dusty and then jesse jesse then dusty yeah, it was Sprite. I don't know if Sprite. Sprite, yeah, Sprite was in there for a while. Sprite, I never, I never worked was, for Sprite. I guess he was like on his way out, yeah. like because Jesse was my first dispatcher over there, and Dusty was filling in, and they were, I don't know, doing other. Jesse was doing other stuff with Mach Five. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I forgot Sprite was in there too for a while. He was dispatching in the mid mid two thousands. Okay, words of wisdom, like the first time I interviewed with Sprite, I was like still pretty green. I maybe had like maybe nine months, six months. But like Chad Lovell had just kind of fallen off the map and there was, a, there was an opening and like somebody told me like, hey, go check it out. And one of the, one of the most brilliant things that anybody's ever told me was like no thousand dollar package is worth your life. And it was Sprite. But I mean... I wouldn't need a thousand dollars if I was fucking dead, you know. I wouldn't have any fucking bills, you know. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> I wasn't that clever back then. I was yeah. just like, uh, uh. anyway. Yeah. Damn. So, but at the same time, like, dude, I mean, well, okay. So when you started with Mach Five, there was what, how many guys? There's probably like fifteen uh, dude, of y'all. Fifteen, maybe. Full time, at least ten. At ten, least ten, and, and there's some time. guys that were like going to school too. Yeah. Like, yeah. So when you started with them, dude, because back in the day before, uh, Mach Five bought Houston's couriers. It used to be called Houston's. No, I'm sorry. Houston, Houston delivery. delivery. Duh. And. Uh, Back then, Houston Delivery, dude, they had up to, like, almost, I would say almost 15 to 20 messengers on that squad. Yeah, I like to say the the business was doing so good that, like, either you were making house notes or you had a fucking dope problem, like a great dope problem. Uh, yeah. Like, either right. either you were either you were blowing hella loot on fucking drugs or, like, you had a family and you were taking care of your family and, like, yeah. you know, you could do that. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. For a bike messenger. Dude, for riding a bike in the 90s is like, yeah. Well, dude, I tell you, that's how I made, that's how I got to travel all over the place because, I mean, I had cheap rent and fucking I was making money. Cheap rent, no kids. No kids. Hella loot. A bunch of bikes. You know? <laughs> uh, and yeah, I was just, it was, it was enough to get me, you know buy airfare and 
Airfare had to have been cheap back then too. Yeah, I was everything was significant. Six hundred to eight hundred, like to fly to Europe back then. Uh, yeah, that's like yeah. a maybe it could be that way. If you it's like a round trip, trip to New York now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. five hundred bucks to get to New York and back. Yeah, so <laughs> I think Montreal. I think I, I think Montreal was like. I know this because I had to actually pull a credit card to pay for my plane ticket. Yeah. And actually had a place to stay to get to Montreal, and that was easily like a big chunk of it was was airfare. It was like I want to say it was at least a thousand bucks, maybe yeah. probably twelve, like yeah. you know both ways. Yeah. I mean for both <laughs> ways, round trip, round trip, but still like twelve. Yeah. So that's like six what both year ways. That? Actually, I'm gonna get into all that too. I mean, I know what I want okay, to ask. Okay, you okay, okay, about, okay. So okay. Sorry. right now we're just kind of doing intro, but we are getting sidetracked on other people. Yo. We're tying, we're linking everything together because some people, I, I believe the story has to be told sometimes, like how that became, you know what I'm saying? Like who got you the job and who are these, because a lot of people who are, who are listening to this are, you know, of course the old messengers and then there's other messengers from like Dallas and other areas. I'm starting to branch out different areas. Some people that might not even be messengers because yeah, they're just saying exactly. no fucking work, yeah, dude. Like, yeah, yeah. Or who want to live vicariously through the experience that went down in the nineties and the two thousands. But man, there were bike messengers in the eighties in downtown. And I, I, super Dave was one of them. Uh, Mr. Asshole was another one of them. And actually I talked to Mr. Asshole maybe maybe six months ago and I said hey dude I'm doing this podcast I was like I would love to interview you and get some of the 80s you know kind of you actually talked to him yeah I That's, called him he's like who's this you know you have a asking. you have a number for him yeah I, have a, I, oh. I called him out of the blue because I was like I, I didn't know if it was you know I just wanted to see if the number was still the same and it was him I'm gonna answer. S- wow. Mr. Asshole. Of all, I'm not surprised that he would just not change his number for like oh, yeah. <laughs> for like a million years. I mean, he's, dude, I'm going to die with that number. He's got to be maybe 50 now. But Super Dave is like 60-something now. He's 20 years older than me. Tim is 20 years older than me. Yeah. Tim is 60. I'm about to be 44. So they're, I'm a, I mean, I'm 43, so Super Day is like 63, and, and Tim is 63 years old. And Tim is still on the bike. You know, he's been down there forever. I did interview him, but, man, I kept on, I was in the north side, and I kept on getting that damn Mexican AM radio station in the back. I couldn't mm-hmm. shake it, dude. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's when I had the whole podcast system set up. But then I was like, dude, I'm just going to do it off my laptop, so... It works better this way. I'm, I'm mobile and I can do it. So, but I do like the whole like microphone and headphones and everything. You know, blocks sound out. It's clarity. So, adaptation is the key to survival. Yeah. So hopefully, real soon here, I'll have that whole studio set up. Now that I've moved into my new spot, which we're at right now, this is the new lab that we're at. Uh, we're sitting outside, chilling, enjoying nature. It's not too bad out here. It's kind of cool. It's fucking huh? nice out tonight, it's, dude. For, for fucking June right now? Yes. <laughs> this is as nice as it's going to be for like... Oh, yeah. You're right, dude. Months. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, fuck. It's, and plus, this house that I'm living in, I mean, you see the... I look Like, if you look to the left and look to the right, there are no trees. But you look right here... There's two giant oak trees just sitting, and dude, it keeps this house cool during the day. Like I, I, I was outside doing something in front of the trees, and it was blazing hot. I stepped in here; it was like ten degrees cooler. 
So I was like, oh, I like these trees a lot. I like them. So, <laughs> so okay. Let's uh, take it back to Messenger Day. <laughs> okay, so um, you only two companies? No, no. Who was it you worked for? Um, I try to get everyone to tell this. After story. I got fired from uh, Mach Five because I was a fucking ornery little shit and uh, like to piss off security guards, uh, I you got grew out of that though. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a learning lesson. I, I had to like do the thing where like I need to talk to your manager, mm-hmm. like white as fuck about it, man. Like oh. if, if a security guard's being a dick to me, dude, like you know, like I understand. I'm like, okay, cool, and like. Is dumb because the shit that I got fired for, like, you it's know, from Mach Five or Houston's Courier. From Mach Five, oh. I, I left Houston's Courier for Mach Five, and like, it's like, oh, I'm in a hurry, I'm in a hurry, and you're like an impatient little like, like, oh no, I got like important Mach Five shit to do, and you know, like, you know, would piss off security guys who's like blow past him, and like, you know, they, you know, one or two of them had enough of it, like, yo, this guy's pissing us off, so that was. That was a good lesson learned, and after I got fired from Mach 5, I worked for Hot Shot for a little bit. Okay. I think I remember when you worked down there. It was not a bad lick. Yeah. It was weird. What year is this? What'd you say? 2008. Okay. I, I, do, I do think I remember you wearing the Mach 5 year that, a little bit. That, oh, I'm sorry, the uh, Hot Shot. Gear. You didn't have to wear a gear for Hot Shot. It was dope. <laughs> but they like, did, like... They did have red jerseys. We had red jerseys, and you got to put your own patch on or some shit. But, like, when it really came down to it, you were in the office every day like you were for Mach 5. Like, those were, those were like, duck pond and, like, days for me, you know? Uh, How long were you there? What did you say? Nine months to a year. Oh, okay. And then I got in some trouble. So, you were working with June and Carl... Cause uh, they, those motherfuckers still working for mock. I mean, for hot for shot hot shot day and uh, day. Joseph Lindley, yeah, Canada, Joseph. yeah, yeah, little that guy. Yeah, I oh. see him every now and then. I'll run. Yeah, every every time I see him, it's like it's always good to see him. Man, yeah. he he showed up at the at the he's after party of the race, dude. Yeah, yeah, he's just he's just very mellow. He's <laughs> the mellow like his voice never gets high. Every now and then, I hear him crack a laugh, a real loud laugh, but. Other than that, he's very mellow. He lives not too far from here. He, hmm. he has a warehouse uh, down the street from here, maybe like two, three miles from here. Okay. Maybe a mile, to be honest, because he says he's right here by uh, Northline. Yeah, I was trying to get him to... Uh, yeah, that's another story, too. Yeah. <laughs> but he's... he's that dude's talented, man. He knows a lot about him. I remember, I remember him showing up and, like, on a GT... It was before the gutter ball. It was a GT Pulse... It was a triple triangle track frame, and I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? He's like, from Mexico. I'm like, well, fuck you. Like, <laughs> I already don't like you because you pull up to a, a curb and actually come to a fucking complete stop and get off, on, step onto the curb. I was like, dude, just ride on the sidewalk, bro. Like, I saw him do it at 7 Eleven, Louisiana. I'm like, Are you, you gotta be shitting me. He was down there when I was working down there. A little, yeah, a little yeah. bit. Had to have been. And then he quit for a while. I didn't see him for. Years. He's got a great story about quitting. Quitting Mach Five. Uh, of yeah. all the people that ever heard of quitting Mach Five, his was probably. Yeah, I'll let him. I'll. Let yeah, him yeah, definitely. Story. It's a good one. Because uh, yeah, I mean, I, I remember working with him, and 
every time I threw an event, he always showed up and participated, whether it was like a goal sprint. I used to do a lot of goal sprint competitions and at bars back in the day, and like he used to always show up. I would see him there. Definitely a supporter. Yeah, and then other races in Alicante would show up. Too. Yeah, he showed up at my race and like yeah, paid, yeah. paid to get in. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so we're at Houston Couriers, Mock Hot Shot, Hot Shot, and then I and then I uh, I, I, I fucked up pretty bad. I'm not gonna get into details about that. Um, and it was maybe like a year later before I actually got on the bike doing deliveries for a uh, city courier or shitty courier, as we shitty like to call them. Courier, yeah, dude, that was the name that. So, so they had they had the lick of uh of like paychecks, man. No, I remember that that. the guys who had that. So, you just, you so that was floor and delivered a Yeah, and like, but other than that, there was not a whole lot going on. But it was like a two hundred dollar a week guarantee, and that was like what two thousand ten. Mm-hmm. So two hundred bucks a week is not going very far. That was just like to do that, though. just, just to, to do that run. I mean, 200, 200 bucks, and like I was, you know, maybe breaking it if I like, you know. Cause I actually worked for with Hunter. Hunter got me the job there at City, and uh, then Hunter left to go to Mach Five. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then I guess they hired TJ. And uh, TJ worked for Mach Five. No, TJ worked for City with me. Oh, uh, yeah, because I don't remember him saying that. Uh, he did tell me he did work for City Courage. Yeah, so like, we were trying to figure out a way to like you know get these paychecks and like. They wanted us there at seven thirty every morning to pick up the paychecks. Yeah, and there would be yeah, like that's right. That was the time. And there was like nothing else to do. Like, so I'll like go get a stack of paychecks, and I live like two blocks away. Their office was like in Midtown, and I was living like right by Pax. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, like right there, like right, right, right there. Right there. So I just like go back home, like maybe like fucking sleep for another hour, and fucking. <laughs> How long did it take to do that, Ryan? <laughs> You from from city to home? No, the actual delivery. The, I, there the was, paychecks? They've been doing that forever. You would just get like a stack of paychecks and they'd be going all over downtown. Yeah. So it was so dope. How long would it take to do that? Or you had all day to do You that. had all fucking day. Oh, okay. But you had to pick them up at 7.30 oh, in the morning. Okay. So it was like... I forgot how that went, but I, I remember, I recall, several messengers had that game. You know? It was... They went around to a bunch of messengers. It was okay. And I got fired from there... What? Within Why, within dude? a week of Christmas, because I started picking up shifts at Frank's. I like uh, like one of one of the kids at Frank's, Chuck Shambal, R.I.P. Yeah, Chuck, R.I.P. I started I started really picking up. Chuck, yo, for real, for real. Uh, we I've talked about him already like two or three times. His name's come up in the podcast. Yeah, I don't I don't know what he was doing. At that time, um, but yeah, he's like, "Hey, you want to work Thursdays?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure," because I'd worked for Frank's before. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I started picking up Thursdays, and I went in there, and it's like, "Hey, um, I'm not gonna be able to work Fridays because I'm picking up this shift that's gonna keep me out till one in the morning." But it's like 100% worth it because I was making like damn near, you know, the whole week's fucking check in a night. Nice. So I'm like, eh. and like, yeah, we can't really like work with you. Like, you could have told me like that we really need you to keep working on Fridays. Like, that'd have been cool too. I'd be like, I'll still, I'm gonna do both, but yeah. and they, th- let you go. they just like see you later, alligator. 
So hey, was April the owner? Was, was she part of that? April team? and Sam. Sam, yeah. Uh, actually, uh, Misha, listen to Misha's podcast episode number mm. three. He, I think he talks. I think about them. Firing a guy that you're only paying two hundred bucks, so like, kind of needs a job just because he wants to, like, you know, work a little less. Like, I, I was like, I'm. I'll go off the guarantee, you know. I'll still do your paychecks, but be like, see you later. It's like, okay, wow, okay, wow. So after that, I was like working. I was making like Thursdays, and I started working Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. And it was like like two or almost three times as much as I was making like, for them. Okay, so this is like 2010, you say? It's 2010 to, I want to say, I think I got back working for Houston's career again and I like work work with Jimmy John's a little bit damn so you've been around like Tupac dog like <laughs> yeah dude I was like I, mean, I, I Frank's I, like I mean Frank's isn't dude it's dude, not dude, a bad they, lick they keep adding up dude it's like, not a bad lick hey, man you know, Joseph Kano's been working for Frank's for like yeah years dude now. no they take care of him bro yeah. he's it, been there for a minute managing uh, and shit works for him Brant worked for them. Uh, T-Bone worked for them. Ooh. Uh, I mean, there yeah. are quite a few messengers who worked at Frank's. That Dude, that's nice it's shit. that's the thing. Is like, I was drinking about half my fucking paychecks, <laughs> just like I'm drinking now. I was, like, drinking, like, half my fucking night's tips, man. Like, just party. what the fuck else are you going to do? Like, you're... You're you're there till three in the fucking morning, and you're delivering to bars and shit. Like, man, I'm gonna fucking catch me a, a flyer. <laughs> yeah, man, come on. You go deliver pizza and then run into a bar, have one beer, and yes, go back for more runs. Or like, or like, take one out to the fucking um, the ballpark lofts. Yeah, and like, there's a couple of bars I've never seen before. I'm like. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm checking out some beer. I'm like, I'm delivering pizzas. Uh, I've delivered pizzas before. Like, I don't know. Might have like some of the some of the customers in there might not have known that Frank's delivers that far. Were it not wow. for me showing up and chugging a fucking beer there. Yeah. <laughs> damn. So damn, you did. Any other food places that you worked at? Jimmy John's, man. Because I was like, I was only working three nights, and I was getting bored during the week. You know, I didn't want to pick up any extra shifts. Mm-hmm. You know, I started working at Jimmy John's, like, during the day, and that was, like, two hours of, like, hustling, grind a day, and, like, it wasn't terrible. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and then I got back on, because T-Bone, I guess, like, flaked off on Houston's Courier, and I got back on with him, and then Orlando was like, hey, get back on a Mach 5, and I'm like, okay. What and year just, is this now? Uh, this I wanted, must be, like, 2014? 20... 20 you've been Mach 5 now for how long consistently it's 19 now I want to say like a lot of these things kind of happen faster than I remember them yes, I want to I want to hey. say I want to say it's been 6 years so so 2013 yeah, easily when you started Mach 5 and you've been with them ever since yeah damn son it went by in a blink of an eye uh, yo I, dude, yeah I can't believe like I, I, said before, <laughs> I can't believe I've 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 been a trainer now for this August will be 11 years. So it's been 11 years since I got off the bike. And it went by like that, dude. Like that. Like, but I still, you know, keep my head. Uh, I still do some some things every now and then to stay in the loop a little bit. But 
right, so I want to, we, we, <laughs> we we queued up pretty much what we what I that's my to that's my whole career on the bike. Okay, so now this is what I've been waiting for. I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, oh my. There's two things. Uh, one thing that I, I had this conversation with uh, Paul Wall and uh, you have to tell me your side of this oh no so nothing just flow alright freestyle fucking Tuesday dude I loved it I loved I told Paul this I thought that shit was, and I talked to Hector about this because I interviewed oh god damn it and we talked about uh, uh. Paul and Hector and like they gave me their side of the story you were so deep into it dude you I mean you uh, there was like five of y'all that were the hitters you Paul um Elliot, Elliot, Eric Puckett. Eric Puckett. I mean, there was at least eight hardcore guys. that, uh, And then you had Squirrel and Bush who would join in every now and then. And those guys, y'all were ripping uh, it up. Tell me your take on how the Freestyle Tuesday started and how all... Because, like, every, every Tuesday, like, more people would show up and more people would show up. And y'all... Who was that guy who had the kind of bob hair? He was kind of a big guy. Uh, in that one video, he broke his fort by doing like a 180 turn, and he turned like this and jump. He tried to jump 180 turn, and then like his fork just went clang. Maybe what was he was maybe, the messenger. Maybe Barclay. Maybe Josh Barclay. I think it was Josh. Was Bone it? Clay. Bone Clay. He was yeah. a big dude. Like, he was he, a, he was kind of a big dude. White boy. He's probably about your height. Yeah, and he easily kind of looked like. Um, Muscle man from <laughs> <regular> <laughs> <show>. <laughs> yeah, because he's like all yeah. over body, man. Yeah, like, was. yeah, no, he was and like he had a haircut, like muscle man, dude. If no, I don't think he got his haircut. No, he had a haircut. Like, <laughs> like, you know, I don't know. He kind of reminded me of Muscle Man from the regular show. And that's my favorite modern cartoon. Of it was either him or or Mickey, but it sounds no, more it like Mickey, okay. It was so it's probably Josh Boneclay. Um, okay, so he was one of the guys. I mean, yeah, he was Hector. like he was like a fucking child from the Burbs, and just like I don't know, like yeah, how he was kind of young, and he he would he just like would meet up. No, he freestyle. he was like a little fucking. He was like a B, not, not a little, but he was a BMX kid out yeah. in wherever he was from. Yeah. Um, but how did it all come together? Like who 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 did you tie with and say, hey, let's fucking hook up? Uh, and start freestyling because like I heard you guys were doing it and I was like what's this shit what is this uh, bullshit okay, so I want to talk about this too uh, we'll talk we'll get into it but I want to start off with this and then we'll go into the other stuff because what this is setting us up for what I want to ask later okay so y'all started this freestyle Tuesdays and I was traveling back in the early 2000s maybe late 90s I started doing those dumbass track stands 2007, it was like the, the 2007 knack was the first time I saw kids getting wild on some fixed gears. Like, I saw Keo doing that his... That was in San do, Francisco. That was in yeah. SF, bro. Like, that was like... And I was like, this is fucking stupid. Paul <laughs> oh, told me a little bit about that story. Y'all went there and y'all rode through San Francisco. That was a fun trip, dude. Yeah. That was Who a was lot it? of fun. It was you, Tyrone, Paul. Me and Tyrone and Paul and Oliver Yan. Oliver. He lived there at the time. He lived there and then he went back to New York and I think he's back there. I don't know what he does now. That dude was a cool dude. Yo. Yeah. Shout out to Oliver. Oliver Yan. So, Good guy. Okay, so... 
so 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 2007 like that was like freestyle was like actually like starting like over deep on the west coast and like yeah that's fucking stupid but you know like we're all about we're still about riding like you know 29 16 and like all these like stupid ass track ratios and all it's like the before the like before any like real serious fixed gear, gear culture like came through and then like it started popping around that time I, I started so. I started dicking around with it when I had more free time working for Hot Shot uh. it was crazy like I was I was making almost as much as I was with Hot with, with Mach 5 yeah. nice dick player uh and but doing a lot less so I had a lot of free time so I was like somebody was just like I was barely getting into track stands like you know cashing the balance or whatever and somebody's like, hey, why don't you try this? And, like, somebody showed me a video. I'm like, I can do that. Yeah. And then I did. And then I... Bike? You didn't have that pink bike, by the way. That was the pink bike, bro. That was the pink bike. That was a yeah, 98 KHS track, and that's a yeah. whole other story, dude. Like, yeah. the, the, one that, the one that got left behind from San Francisco. Like, yeah. That was... I still have the frame, of course. Yeah, no um, wheels or anything on it. I don't. I don't want to ride it, man. I don't want to break it. It's like it's like a little small for me. And uh-huh. hey, you got down on that motherfucker, though, dude. So I went to the the Chicago Nag in two thousand eight, and like there was a trick competition, and I won it, and then came nice. back and everybody was like whoa yeah. what's going on yeah. here and I don't fucking like it's kind of of a blur after that, you know. Okay, so like also, like I. When before I interviewed Paul, like I went and watched all the the fucking City of Crank one, two, three, three point five, because I wanted to actually put myself aware of what was going on, and, you know, and talk to Paul about that, because he was the main guy that was editing and filming. Yeah, and all yeah, that yeah. Stuff and Elliot too, and then you guys were just you could see the progression from City of Crank one to City of Crank three point five. You guys are fucking just. Dude, y'all just started down at the bottom, and then y'all skills just went completely up, dude. Like, okay, so you went to you went to a couple other places and won uh, a freestyle comp, didn't you? I don't know. It was I kind of fell off. It wasn't. It wasn't anything like like but you won the Chicago NAC one, right? Yeah, so that was that's national. Basically, my only player. claim to fame, bro. Damn. <laughs> I could have sworn you you did something else, dude. Like you didn't I don't, win, like, I don't, worlds or no, no. I mean, I've come close by like you know two or three people on track stands, but but nothing like freestyle. Though. No, that I mean that's you not just even won that freestyle one in Chicago. Right? It's like not even a thing anymore. Yeah, it's not. Um, yeah, it was like a flash in the pan kind of thing. But. I, I asked Hector and Paul. I forgot what Paul said, but Hector, I, I gave everyone my take on what I well, the reason why I thought it died. I thought it died because it was too complex, and people tried it and couldn't do it, so they said, "Fuck this! I ain't gonna try." That it makes a lot of sense. It was hard, dude. I tried. I mean, I, I, I mean, when I came back from. The, the worlds in Boston in 2000 like all the East Coast messengers were riding track bikes you know even before then like in the 80s and stuff like and then throughout the 90s but like uh, 
said this before, back home in that, that era, time and frame in Houston, we were all mountain bikers and road bikers. There were no track people in downtown. I feel Nobody. Like, I feel like Houston's just been kind of like behind the wave in a lot a of things, bit, you know? But, I mean, I think it actually, like, it, it has progressed big time. I mean, look at the critical mass of it. It's, it's ridiculous, bro. I think Houston has the biggest critical mass in the United States. I would not be honest. shocked, bro. They think they do. Whether or not any all of those people like live in Houston and ride in Houston on a yeah. daily, like that's you know a whole other story. But yeah, like it's in the thousands. And oh, it's, it's like two to three thousand every fucking last Friday of the month. That's I mean New York used to have a big one too, but like they shut. I was talking to someone about oh the Yeti. Uh, he had told me, he's like, yeah, they fucking, there ain't no critical mass here no more. It stopped. <laughs> they can't do it because they were causing too much fucking havoc. This is, which is like, we're probably not too far behind him, man. Like, the. I'm surprised the city hasn't. The hell, the city actually has to escort. Bro, I got like a whole other, a whole other, sh- like 10 minutes of, of, uh. Hmm. Well, check it out. This is, I guess I'll talk to you. This is kind of pre before the track stuff, but I remember you. And Scarf, back in 05, when you just became a messenger of 06, you were like, hey, we want to start the critical mass. No, 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 no. Okay. All right. How All did right. that go? Because uh, the, my, my take is that. Like, you're like, we, we want to get it again. And I was like, dude, we tried that in 2001. It was like 10 of us. And, like, it was just 10 of us that would show up to critical mass for, like, a whole year. And then we finally said, fuck it. We gave up. So that was, that was before the advent of facebook oh yeah there was pre you can blame another terrible thing too, you, you know? can blame another terrible thing on facebook like i'd barely just gotten a facebook so me and uh even a few kids just like started and we were sober at the time and it was like one of the things that we did was like just every friday night like let's get together and ride bikes so like a couple of you know cute chicks and a couple of you know decent looking dudes like just were riding our bikes together and then it just like people started coming out of the woodwork and scarth i remember too he was kind of pushing it and trying to get people to come out scarth made the page on what facebook on facebook for critical mass and it's like if you build it they will come dude then how did hector and all them get the become admins the scarf is he still a uh, like an admin for that page dude there's i looked at the fucking people on there's like over thirty thousand people i think on that facebook page so it's like we kind of created a monster it is a monster that we kind of didn't like dude like well that's what the critical mass is really you know when we got when we got 50 people on the ride it was like wow we got 50 people this is wow this is a thing now yeah and then from there it grew from 50 to 75 to 100 to 120 thousands and then now thousands it's like uh, bullshit you not but it's changed though big yeah time. people are just riding around like a bunch of dicks and i gotta deal with them like the next day when i it's ride my bike ride. to work it's a total social ride I mean, but i'll tell you right now it was a lot of white people out there the <laughs> now it's fucking like 70 to 75 percent latinos out there, so dude. like it's a cool thing that it like it actually i remember like Fred from Blue Line, like, and maybe Dave talking shit about it is like, yeah, blah blah. And then Fred started showing up. He's like, how else are you gonna sell bikes? Uh, and uh, uh, motherfucker just like, you know, got himself a brand new shop like right uh, there on Shepherd. You know, like, but I mean, he put his work in, he put his grind in, and yeah. but I remember when he opened two thousand five. Yeah, 
Yeah, right when you started in downtown. Yeah, I was going to A meetings across the street. Yeah. <laughs> no joke. Yeah, because I remember I, I did a ride with some guys, and one guy was Mike Shrum, or John Shrum. He was a mechanic at Bike Sport, and he lived down the street from Blue Line. And I remember he, uh, I said, hey, dude, there's a new bike shop open down the street for you. And he's like a master mechanic. They took care of bike messengers there for a oh, yeah, for dude, when there were bike messengers. Fred, dude. I mean, dude, he never turned me for down real. for sponsoring an event or holding his his shop as a checkpoint. I mean, he always donated. And plus, all the bikes I have for Ghoul Sprints is because he donated, you know, them to me. But, you know, I, I returned Hell yeah. the camera, though. So, yeah, man. Okay, so, so so making bikes making riding bikes in the in the city safe again you know because for a while you know i swear dude wherever i went and i barely left the neighborhood you knew everybody you saw on a bike you know yeah. you recognize them and now it's like shit there's a shitload of people riding bikes it's oh, great yeah. we used to call well back in the like the early 2000s or mid 2000s like you started seeing all these urban cyclists pop up i mean they were starting to pop up slowly and like you know, wearing messenger bags and cycling caps, and we were like, who's that new? And then that's where the coin coffee courier came up, like, here in Houston. I mean, I'm sure people had had it all over. Posers. But, yeah, they were riding around. <laughs> Fake injuries. You know, uh, messenger gear. We're, we're in the style, but, like, bro, that... I that like, was a big fad for a while. I like how old man Tim said it. It was like, you can tell that bag has never seen a, a rainy day. You know, like, <laughs> ah, got him. Yeah. yeah, for real. So, okay, so from, yeah, you were part of that whole era of the city of Crank and then the critical mass arising at that time. And then you started traveling too. Like you said, you went to SF, got your cherry pop. That was your first nap, right? Mm-hmm. SF. And then from there, you went to Chicago after. Mm-hmm. What other NACs have you been traveled to, or that you traveled to? Like I said, I couldn't afford to go for a while because this, that, and the other. And, you know, like, I didn't even make it to the NAC in Austin because every, everybody else... That was, was, like, my first comeback, like, after so many years. Everybody else was, uh, like, made it. It was, like, I was the only one that had to stay home and work, you know? Yeah. Like, this shit's got to get done, son. Yeah, I remember. I, that was my f- first coming back to that. When was that? That was 2012. 2012. Okay, so, like, I actually went to the... Oh, because they asked me to go out there and do Ghost Friends. And, uh, man, it was, you know... And I volunteered to do it, you know, for free. It was just so much work. And then I had an automatic uh, emergency I had to come back to. And I did, like, the first night of Gold Sprints uh, there. And then uh, I didn't do the final Gold Sprints. Something happened with my house, and I had to rush home. But, yeah. Probably it's like, rained really hard or something. A flood or a pipe broke or something in my house. I don't remember, dude. That was 2012, but I remember yeah. it was raining bad because I remember it was raining in Austin. Like, the rain... I'd either started there in Houston and it hit Austin eventually. Because I remember we were at the checkpoint at the driveway. That was the checkpoint down there. And uh, I had my bus and it flooded completely down there at our checkpoint. Like we were, water was up like past our ankles. So I think it, like something happened that flooded at the house and I had to shoot home and fix it as the rain had crossed through Texas. 
Because I was in Austin for a few days. It's kind of how the rain goes. It's like, yeah, let's we'll start it'll somewhere. Travel, like, there, fuck you, fuck you. Yeah, it'll go the opposite yeah. way, too. So, yeah, that's... Hey, but I, you probably, as much as I have, but seeing that, that bayou get over the levels, it's it's like Yeah, that, that like was... Fucking that's, that's like the litmus test for, like, what, what things are going to be like in Houston. It's like, eh, it's not flooded until, like, okay, now it's flooded. Yeah. Or like yeah. forty five and forty five in uh in North Maine when when that bio gets over uh-huh. and like gets into into forty five, like yeah, it's it's bad, dude. Yeah. It's bad. So So twenty twelve I didn't make it to and the next one I went to after that was Denver in twenty fifteen. Yeah. I was supposed to go to that. I didn't go. And then uh Philly. We made it to New York in twenty six 16, 16. Yeah. no it had to be 17 no it was 16 I have the hat it says 2016 NYC fuck yeah and we stayed with the Yeti the oh, Yeti god, dude that, that was so fucking hilarious that was a fun time dude so so like I know no maybe it had maybe like Denver was like 2014 I think it was 15 because Leonard asked me to go and I was going to go 15 and I didn't go 15 and set my kid 16 and leave <laughs> sorry uh and then Montreal in oh yeah 20, that was the Worlds right or was Worlds in Montreal in I 2017 to to that so bad dude. and then I went to Philly we went to Philly together the first time no the first time was Philly. Oh, no, I went to Philly. 2005 or 2006. Yeah, me and Leonard went to Philly. Oh, and Richard. Riley oh, Hatch. Oh, Riley. Made it. Yeah. I was, like, so pissed. I was so jealous. Like, motherfucker, like. Squirrel. I think it was me, Squirrel. That was, yeah. that was, and Butch, because he won the fucking, he won something. No, we went to Seattle. Whenever he, when it was, like, it was, like, right after Johnny Cash died, and he did the. Three. He did the track stand and just yeah, and won the track stand freestyle because back in the day when I used to go to these competitions, there was no free. There was a freestyle competition, but guys were doing like what what you kind of did. Like they would like do a wheelie, grab their wheel, and do some turns, and so the next guy would jump up. It was kind of like a. It wasn't as technical as. Uh, What's that damn movie? Quicksilver, you know, in the beginning when the yeah. spins. Yeah. I mean, but guys were going out there, and then uh, they always had a trials competition. You probably do. Back when I used to go to these worlds, like they had a trials competition, dude. They would put up like a couple of junk cars and some shit, and like the Europeans were mainly the ones who showed up and did this competition. <laughs> but they would get up there and fucking do some sick ass trial uh, tricks and shit all over stairs and fucking broken cars and you know just obstacles all over the place doing a, that was a main competition back in the day dude. doing a Kyo spin from like a sand from a hard standstill is like one of the hardest things I've ever done but yeah like so you guys man were fucking that was that that was a new era of of of, of Houston that's where I'll, Houston I'll take it when old man Tim calls me or like when anybody calls me like the last the old school because I was a fucking baby but I like you know stuck with the culture and I wanted to you know okay who's there now who do you dispatch fucking nobody they're all like 
Like Dwayne's a driver now. Okay, but who are the who? How many bikers do you have now? I have three. That's it. That's it. Who are they? Uh. Yeah, I can't believe that. Jasmine, the Jazz Monster. Jasmine. Speedy Speedy Martinez, as they like to call her. Jasmine. Um, I might have met her once, baby. She was at my race. She was barely there, and then she left. She's she's like she's my top dog now. She's like the number one hustler. Uh, she have accent. Oh yeah, she's from El Ciudad. From Mexico. Oh yeah. I think I did meet her at your race. She raced it, right? Yeah, she's the only girl that raced it. Okay, then yeah, I did meet. Yeah, her. no, she's, yeah. she's a little bad. She's like, like she can handle downtown, like nobody's business, and like the courthouse, like she's fucking, she's gold. She's a monster, but like you know, open city like that, she's like, yeah, dude. Actually, she was on my tail. That was the first two checkpoints, and then I think I might have told her, just like you know, catch up, and like stick with somebody, and. Ride them, and then I, I I lost everybody after the second. Me and Squirrel even broke up. Me and Squirrel, I linked up with Squirrel after the first and second checkpoint, and then uh, everybody just went their own way. Yeah, I used to ride together. Like I remember, like you and Butch and Squirrel would just like destroyed the competition at one race that ended, like over there in Montrose and like y'all beat everybody's pants off by at least like 30 minutes and it's like you can't sleep on these old guys not trying Shit, to dude I didn't I didn't, <laughs> think, I didn't think I was gonna do anything at your race to be honest uh, because back in 2010 or 12 I did a couple messenger races one I fucking dropped out and the other one like I got like 15th or something I was like how the fuck you know like but then I told myself like that ain't happening this time so. <laughs> And then Squirrel, I did, on your race, I, I went out three miles out of the way. And it fucked me. And that's how Squirrel got me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's how he got and me. And that's a, that's a crazy thing, because you, like, were not that far behind him. No, we were... We were <laughs> like, that's nuts, dude. Like, so, but if, if I would have stayed with him together, it would have been a race to the finish. So, he... I had to do some hustling and it was like a good 20 miles and he got there in a little under an hour because like as soon as everybody left i had to go pick up the kegs for the party and like make it back to the north side and i barely gotten there or fucking whatever whatever i was doing man i'd barely gotten there and i was just like cursing and shit i just barely gotten there and i'd been like I had to get the kegs, get the, like the shirts and shit. I had to stop at my house, stop my specs, and, and like squirrel just got there. Right squirrel, after. squirrel pulled up, and I was like, "You gotta be shitting me!" Yeah, dude. Hey, I was hustling, dude. Yo, like beat every. Uh, yeah, he had to have been going like twenty miles. He also damn near had a heart attack too. So oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> didn't even didn't even want to get on a stage. I was like, yeah, like I gotta go. I'm dying. Yeah, like actually, I was, a, I was a bit worried for him for a second, dude. I was. And I went to, you know, I went and got him some cold water out of the, you know, water dispenser. And I was like, dude, just fucking chill. He was all, I was like, damn, don't make us look that old. Fucking. Like, we ain't old, you know. No, man. He left early, too. He yeah, like, he didn't even make it to the fucking podium, no, bro. Like, like, I was so I pissed. Go. Like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. And he he keep grabbing his chest. It's like, dude, he probably was having a mild heart attack. He or could have very man. well have been, man. Like, yeah, like I was, and then like I was thinking, like, man, I hope nothing bad happens to that, you know, like, 
But he took off. He went home early. He's alive. He's yeah. still alive. Yeah, he's still alive. <laughs> I saw him the other day. He, he just got back from Japan. Oh, he's, he's very much alive. Yeah, he's he's fine. Yeah, so... He just couldn't. He just couldn't get like the coolest fucking bag ever made for oh, a race hey, ever. I, hey, I almost bought that bag from him, dude. Because th- that day I was like, motherfucker. Because I thought, I thought he maybe skipped the checkpoint, that last checkpoint over there. Because what's that dude's name? He works for you. Okay, so you didn't tell me, Jazz. <laughs> who else works for you? Uh, Zach Clark. Zach. Yeah, and, that's him. Zach. And and Zoe. Zoe. Okay. Yeah, I know. I meant Zoe. Black Zoe. Oh, Black Zoe. No, Black Zoe. There's another Zoe. Maybe, so. Maybe I have met him. Maybe. I don't know. We just brought him on like this week. Then what the fuck happened to everybody else, dude? It's just not like McSwain was there a little bit. And um, Butch was working part-time from what I heard on the streets. Man, so they, they put me they put me on the show and I was like, dude, I know like exactly how many people it takes to get you know, Mach 5's workload done. And also, like, I know exactly how much it takes to, like, you know, survive and, like, how to... Like, dude, there's, like, there's just not enough... There's not enough work, man. So, we had a dispatcher before Orlando that had us completely overstaffed. And uh, it really fucked us, dude. Like, it, it fucked me, like, really bad. Um, like, brought on, like another person and like the drivers too dude like talked about this guy like in the dead because it dies in the summer you and i but everybody knows that for whatever reasons summer and then right after thanksgiving and the beginning and end of the year um but yeah weird he like had us completely overstaffed so like i was like he's like don't worry it's not gonna affect your check lowest check i'd had like since i'd been there and yeah, there's like just nothing I could do about it. I was so pissed. But yeah, like I, I'm not gonna have us overstaffed. Like, just you gotta show up, show up. And if you're not gonna show up, like let me know. Yeah. Whatever. Um. But yeah, like I, I can't have us. I can't have more than three guys. It's like three is the magic number. And like, yeah, it is what it is. Wow. Yeah. That's. That's <laughs> that's what. So, I believe it's come down. All right, so like, who would you say is out there on the bike delivery mail besides June and Carl and Hotshot? Who else is out there, dude? Does Package got anybody? Does you know who who? All right, since you're down there, how many bike messengers would you say are down there, dude? Okay, this is like another one of my favorite questions to ask about you know the industry when i when i travel abroad yeah you know like they got bike messengers in houston for one for for two it's like um like the the in the 90s you know there was like 150 strong per the guy that got me on first job and uh when I started in 2005, I saw it 10 years later, we was about, there's about 60 of us or so, right? Yeah, maybe so, about and, that many. And now we're about, like, full-timers. We got my three, got Junebug. Carl. Carl's on a bike. Car. Carl. Carl, bike car. 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 Carl. Um, 
What about Mark? Is he working back on the bike again? I don't know what that guy does. <laughs> uh, and uh, Darby? I don't know. That's about it, dude. No way, dude. That's not even five. That's like six. Five. That's it. That's it. There's no city curves. There's no Houston curves. There's no V-line. There's no... Darby runs for Houston. I think I think Darby, like... There's no city central curves down there? Fuck no. Never heard of them. What? I think Darby works for, like, two or three of those guys. Like, Dar- Darby's a hustler, man. Really? And then Mark is just taking whatever he can get, which... Uh, yeah, that's it, man. It's just not a lot to be known out there anymore. Oh my god, I can't believe that. It's sad. It's heartbreaking. It's very heartbreaking for Houston. But I mean, you got other cities that still. Yeah. They have messengers out there. Yeah, for if, sure. If you're listening to this and you want to be a bike messenger, don't do it in this town and uh, start from the ground up. You know, but but I mean I honestly think like there has there's always going to be a need for a messenger but you just got to find the niche right now I think the niche is just, it's turned into food delivery because in New York a lot of the bike messengers went from delivering packages to making Man, more money delivering food we got Ellie's Andy Zellender out there like making a fucking mint on delivering flowers you know like no like is there paper messengers anymore like hardly yeah hardly but. I mean, there's other stuff to deliver that... I mean, I don't... If I was going to get back on a bike, I would not mind delivering flowers. Hey, if electronic filing would have never killed the business, I would still be in downtown delivering packages. I would. I would. I honestly would. I just love the job so fucking much. It hurt me to leave. Like, I was hurt. And e-filing. Yeah, all that electronic filing. uh, So, remember... Okay, in... No... In Denver, there's like a squad, like Lockfoot Posse from New York was like hard showed out. And uh, they're like, no, we got to go back to work, dude. Like, we can't stay another day. They they all caught the red eye, like back to New York and fucking Yeti said he didn't stop for 72 hours for Fashion Week. Oh, yeah. 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 uh, I talk to Yeti maybe a couple times a year, and he comes to Houston at least once. All his family lives here, or his mom and dad. He's got brothers and sisters that live all over the world. But um, he tells me that every time. He goes, Fashion Week, like, saves Fashion Week. Fashion Week, yeah. You know, he goes, I make a lot of money during Fashion Week. We had, um, we have Wynageddon around Christmas. Wynageddon? Wynageddon. Who came up with, who coined that shit? You did. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think, man? I so wish I could have had the camera on. <laughs> you just like, <laughs> oh my god, that was priceless. Dude. Yeah, fucking all so these. Like, who who do y'all go pick up from? Specs in downtown or something? They just start. We pick up fucking wine from everybody, like crates of wine, and they're going all over, Houston. all over down, Town. all over downtown, like everywhere. So it's like, like picking up for drivers and we've we've gotten it like to the point where like we're just gonna bring it here and we're gonna put in all the orders and we're gonna you know we're gonna work on it this week if we can't we can't guarantee it's gonna get done today 
it's gonna get done this week, you know, by Friday. And like, like two weeks in a row, it's like cases and cases of wine. I'm like, that's a box charge for my for my bike messengers. That's a box charge and as many as you can carry. And also, you got to do other stuff in between. Yeah. And you can't take alcohol into any of the courthouses. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's, uh, that's, that's our, that's the most money you're going to make. Wow. Yeah. Wine again. <laughs> <laughs> that's nuts, dude. Like, I mean, I can't believe it's come to this, dude. Well, I mean, like, we get hit here, and tax season hits us pretty good, because there's, oh, a, yeah. there's yeah, a lot yeah, of folks was- that, that want stuff in paper and like sign back and forth yeah oh dude you're making me think about the heydays man like oh uh like uh national oil varco enron and uh the titty implants i hear things man dude those were the days dude fucking your house notes are your dope dope. i mean every two weeks i was making anywhere for like 1500 to 2000 bucks every two weeks the most yeah, I if, if not I mean there were weeks I was making like three grand every two weeks the most I ever made was like 15 yeah. or 16 like Dude, that's, that was that was like a slow week for Roadrunner slow Maybe that Roadrunner money oh, I mean for a single person not having any kids it was it was gravy you know what I mean and this was like in the 90s that's house. 90s. That's fucking house money, bro. Like, yeah. that's house money. I mean, rent back then. Like, I remember I was paying four fifty for a one bedroom apartment, and it was in it a was, decent neighborhood, like right outside, right outside of downtown. Yeah. Maybe there was roaches. Maybe you had to deal with like somebody no, asking you for shit tickets. Yeah, but yeah, slow week. Uh, Roadrunner was like fifteen hundred every two weeks. That was slow, but we made at least a thousand to fifteen hundred every two weeks or every week so yeah like three grand we were making like three grand my kids are still like making the leg and like it's slow right now but yeah I'm like dude anything to keep these guys you know alive dude I was I feel like I was balling at times well you'd be balling like for like right now times (laughs) I don't know like how many deliveries y'all are doing either dude it's just we were in the courthouse the whole time yeah that's right you would pick up people. you would pick up like fi- like you know five or six filings that's why Mach 5 was so stacked up and you know part of the reason like it fell through is because of e-filing every one of those filings was like a tag you know like I was like three bucks a filing so you pick up like 20 or so from from you know five different yeah. places and right. you get them all done that's like your whole morning yeah. and then you go do it again yeah, you know on the afternoon. take a dub dude it was nice I mean I, I I thought I was balling a little bit. I had I mean I had a warehouse, I had a nice collection of Volkswagens. Uh, I had an office in downtown. I remember know, that. Like uh, it was great, dude. Like I mean, and I was paying for it. You sold me my first bag. What was it? It was a Bailey Works. No shit. It was like a almost. It was like a faded, like almost Celeste Bailey Works. Dude, I've had so. And I remember, I remember like uh, Dusty like came out and was like, not came out, but came forward one day. He's like, man, he's like said he was giving you shit about like, man, don't sell that rookie that bag. Like he's not gonna make it. But yeah, that was like my first. What happened to that bag? I fucking wish I knew, man. 
damn, dude, I've had that's a that's a collector's item now. Oh, yeah. Wherever that bag that's is. Before Bailey Works sold the company, they left uh, a John Bailey. He sold to a company that owned Timberland or something, and then Timberland took over. Or I'm sorry, it's the whole company that they owned a bunch of different companies. Like the shoes. Timberland, the shoes, yeah. Because I remember I, I saw John Bailey and I talked to him. I used to talk to him regularly because he used to sponsor all my events down here in Houston. And uh, he was a cool guy. And then when I'd go travel to these snacks and stuff, he was, he'd be there and, you know, we'd catch up. And uh, but he used to send me bags all the time, dude. Like, hey, I've had this event. Send me, like, two or three bags. That was a good bag. It was. I still have one of my Bailiwork bags from back in the day. I love it. It's dude, the biggest I, backpack they ever made. And then they started making them way bigger after that. Like, I mean, like, freight and some of those. What, what kind do you got? Rocking a freight, freight. Rocking a freight from, who took it to from the next 08. Level, dude. And then, uh, dude, I wonder how they're doing. Like, I wonder how they don't. They're not, man. Freight, freight's, freight's kind of, yeah. Um, they so, really are. So the guy that I had make the, the bag for the Texas Independence yeah. Day race, he was like, man, I'm not sure about this. I'm like, bro, like they're, they're just not a thing anymore. And yeah. I think Vessel's actually kind of ripping off their style, too, because it's, like, one of the biggest, lightest bag designs ever. Like, there's no, like, I've had mine for over a decade now, and a good chunk of that was, you know, for work. It was just, like, a really well-designed bag. And the guy that cloned it was like, yeah, this is a trip, dude. Like, I was looking at it, and... It was almost a mock-up. It was a hard mock-up, man. That bag was built for work. Yeah, you know that bag was built to 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 do messenger work for another decade. Dude, and, and another thing that kind of, back in the day there was only like four maybe bag makers back then, and then in the like the early two thousands, everybody started making bags. <clears throat> I remember it was like Chrome and Timbuk and like Timbuk to Chrome Bailey Works Reload. Reload still goes hard, man. Bags. My hip bag is Reload. Pack. They're Canadian. I, I have a pack. Dude, that was probably my... Out of favorite. Calgary. Yeah. That was probably one of my favorite bags. The pack bag. Lifetime warranty. I still need, I need to send mine back and... Oh, to get some stuff touched up. Yeah. Dude, I've had mine for like, shit, maybe 20 years now. And I try... Every time I travel to any of these events, I always take it with me. That was the second most money I spent as, as, as a bike messenger. On a bag? It was on my Bailey work, on my on my pack bag, and the first I was... I think I paid like 300 for mine, back in the early 2000s. Maybe, no, it was in the late 90s. I paid 300 for it. Mine was, it was like close to four. Four? And like, that was like, it, it was like less Canadian, but like more American. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Hmm. And then my steam, my first steamroller. Uh. <laughs> Did you have some more questions about like 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 the bikes, my uh, my my tools of choice? Yeah, actually, um, actually, I mean, I know you threw several events in downtown. That was my next thing. Can you remember all the events you threw in downtown? Wanted to get to that. I mean, you just recently March fifth, you threw second March second, you threw the Texas Independence Race. That was fun, dude. It was it was kind of it took me like thirty five minutes to do it, yeah. Closer to an hour. Are you sure, dude? I'm positive. Know, dude. I'm positive because like 45. I forty five. I barely had an hour to get like 
from yeah, from, right, from right. the start point and Squirrel did it in under an hour and you were like yeah. right behind him yeah at, like, right an hour. you're right it was stupid I didn't like mark it down when everybody started but yeah it was 20 miles so, okay you did that and then you know some other things you did I threw did a, I threw one for like my I, my 22nd birthday and I was sober what was that it was the railway relay oh, I remember that. melee. I remember the flyer. I had dust in road in the front, like a train in the front. I might. I don't have one. I have that flyer downstairs in, a, in my archive. God, somebody's got I don't one. Know where it's at? But it's it's an I've seen. I flipped through it. It's a like a. Yeah, it's like a train and like the railroad, like yeah, crossing, yeah, like yeah. Dusty. Dusty actually drew that up for Dude, me. Dude, actually, Dusty did quite a few flyers for myself too. I heard, I, I heard, I was like bullshit and no shit. He's like knocked it out. I was like, yeah, he, okay. Dusty's an artist. Like he can Dustin, 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 Dustin. Well, I, Dusty, I knew Dusty back in the day I met Dusty he was like the the, the hunter to I was you and you, you know Dusty was hunter Dusty Gazangas because uh, I went to I went to high school with that kid uh, actually I was like in ninth and 10th grade maybe 11th grade because I used to skate with these guys and they lived in Northwest Park and he was probably like 14 years old back then dude so he was young he was a kid and then we all used to skate. We skated. I was like 18 because I started skating when I was 18. He was probably like 14 years old. He used to hang out with us and skate with us. And I, ever since then, I've been friends with dude. He became a bike master. He was like, hey, kid, what are you doing these days? I like, hey, dude, I'm delivering packages. Like, oh, for real? They're hiring? And that's how Dusty became a bike messenger, you know? I was like, yeah, I gave him a list of companies, and he called them, and he got hired. Uh, with, I think Houston Express was his first company he worked for, maybe. I don't know. I need I need to interview him too. For real. Uh, he he's been he'd been downtown for a long time, and anytime I had a you know I was doing an event, I'd hit him up, and I was like, but what I liked about you know, Dusty, <laughs> I'd be like, hey Dusty, I need you know, can you do a flyer for me? And he would just fucking just what are you looking for? What kind of thing you want? And he would just take a piece of paper and fucking do it right there, on dude. The spot. Yeah, man. I think like I, less than five minutes. Like I think ten he, minutes at the most. I think he turned mine around like a day, maybe like a day and a half or some shit. And I was like, holy shit! And yeah, no joke. Yeah, dude, it was he did incredible. A couple of banners, like some shit I had banner printed, like for some badass banners. He he drew those up, and I had him turn into banners. Uh, yeah, just skill him and Marconi. I never. I think I met Marconi. Oh, you didn't know him. I did yeah, not know dude. Marconi. Him and Dustin, Dusty, were fucking roommates forever. They, they, we were all bike messengers. We I went to we went to Eisenhower together. Well, me, I, Marconi, Marcus Harvey. Man, I wish I could see that. I want to interview him because he was in downtown for a long time. He was the one that got like went under the bus, right? Yeah, he went under the bus and got pinned. He's like the the. I don't know. I've never heard of a story about like yeah, like lost him his whole leg and then yeah, they had to do a skin graft to put his leg, kind of like Mark, like the same thing, like but his whole side of his his lateral side of his calf, like he tore it completely off, and they had to skin graft. I mean, but yeah, I, I haven't seen him. He moved probably like two thousand. It was before you, so you say you came in 05. He probably left in 04. And I've never, I've not, haven't seen him since '04. Maybe I ran into him once, just for a brief second. But he lives somewhere like in Midland, Texas, or something right now. 
Hmm. Yeah, I've known him since elementary school. Like, we went to elementary school together. We went to Carmichael together back. And then, same thing. We were all friends and skating. He was like, what's going on? And, dude, we're I, making I, money in the streets, yeah, bro. Exactly. <laughs> I, I was telling this story just the other day to a friend of mine. I said, dude, I probably got 20 of my friends that I either grew up with or just friends that I've known since teenager, like jobs as bike messengers. And and I said some of them lasted one fucking day and then some of them lasted three to four to five to six years, you know, and they went somewhere else. So, but yeah, that was a trip, dude. Uh, well, all right, dude, we're already at an hour and 20. I just want to wrap up just two questions. Dude. Okay. Good, because uh, I got to pee. <laughs> real quick. <clears throat> okay. Why did you become a bike messenger? I forgot to ask that question. 30-foot fall. Are you serious? That's a heart attack. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Man, that's fucking cool, dude. I didn't know what a bike messenger was until fucking 30-foot fall, and, like, I thought it was just, like, uh, I don't know. I thought it was, like, a song, and then I fucking met Chad Lovell in a in a halfway house and I mean like I've I heard of it like like it was a thing like I saw like you know but it was like it was like m- mythological you know it wasn't like a real thing yeah. you know it was like that's not a real job like that's like that's funny you say that <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean like 30 foot fall like uh, Houston Texas su- superhero yeah, bike missile power like oh, yeah. yeah like and that was off the Doppler effect uh-huh. um yeah, I was just like, and I met I met Chad Lovell in a halfway house, and he he was like, I'm a bike. He had his huge bag, and like, that's a crazy bag, man. He's like, yeah, I, you know, we're gonna you know, bike messenger or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, like Butch. And then the next time I saw him, he like gave me like a pamphlet or a flyer or something like a zine or some shit. Uh-huh. He's like, hey, that's your boy Butch. Like, you know, I'm like what the fuck? Yeah. He's like, hey, um that's how I also got my first job and like he took me onto it but yeah oh dude I didn't know that that's cool like uh I always wonder how I always ask that question usually I ask that question in the beginning but I actually I was like damn I forgot to ask him that in the beginning <laughs> yeah no like the first uh that's that's that was my end yeah. and then I had to chase the guy down and not chase him down but he he kind of disappeared and then I saw him doing something I was like hey man you still got a job and he's like matter of fact they're hiring. Well, you did kind of mention that in the beginning of this about Chad, but I didn't ask you why you became a bike messenger. I mean, for one, I had nothing better to do, and for two, like, yeah, 30 foot fall, like, glitch, man. Like, yeah. That was like the coolest shit. I didn't, I didn't know it turned into like a third of my life and then some, you yeah, know? I know. I know. It's funny. My, my intentions of becoming a bike messenger did not lead me to sitting right here and doing this now. You know, like I, my, my intentions were not to like get caught up in the lifestyle and the culture of it. Now it's the history, you know, like now I'm just trying to tell stories of like this once upon a time, you know what I'm saying? In Houston, when there were bike messengers all over Houston. It's now it's become yeah. like another mythology. You know? yeah, like, yeah. Like these, these guys once existed, you know, 20 years down the road, there, there probably won't be any in downtown Houston. There might be one or two. Probably not. But then they're going to be like, 
at one time there were bike messengers in downtown Houston. It, it's going to be like Google and fucking Amazon flying drones. Oh yeah, yeah, that, and then delivering their packages. Like I don't know how you're going to get a drone through an office like past security, but they'll they'll figure it oh, out. They're figure it out. <laughs> they'll drop it into like a like a. Like a drone Star shoot, Wars, like a little shoot, yeah. And then someone will be there and grab it, and then go deliver it to him in the floor. I've thought about it myself. Yeah. All right, uh, two more questions. Uh, craziest moment in downtown? Something that you was like, "Oh my fucking god, I can't believe I just witnessed seeing this." It can be from bums fighting to someone, and this is kind of morbid, like committing suicide jumping off of something cause that's I heard I heard some stories man but like, did you witness some traumatic shit um what's your create or so, like somebody throwing down fighting with a cop or shootout I mean, or something it's been so many like I don't know but I'll give you I'll give you 30 seconds just to think about it uh fuck so uh, a soft 30 yeah just a soft 30 you know the crazy man Lots of nudity. Uh, bums, just bums acting crazy. Lots of human shit. Uh-huh. Lots of human shit. In just random ass places. Like, somebody actually took a shit here. This is impressive. Um, this one time, this this bum, like, uh, man, two weeks in a row, dude. I, like, saw, like, dudes. It was on a Monday. And, like, dudes just, like, pissing into the street. Like, two Mondays in a row, I'm like, I guess this is, like, a regular thing that's going to happen every Monday. I'm just going to see, like, dicks in the street <laughs> pissing. Like, couldn't even find a corner. Like, there's, a, like, a corner right there, you know? Like, nah, he's right in the street. Um, what else? Come on, man. Uh, Something that I've, I've heard. Some people have let me in on some crazy, I mean, just some extraordinary stories about craziness. I'm trying not to use that word anymore, man. Crazy. Madness. I'm really not. Like, but I'll just say, was something... Like, truth is stranger than fiction. Yeah, like, extraordinary. Like, oh, my God, that's, that's extraordinary. Like, uh, really. like you said, there's so many of them. Like, some... I mean, nothing that long. Actually, you know what? You came in to downtown when... It was getting like, tamed out. I need to interview, like, Larry and John Rittman. Yeah. Those guys. Yeah. That's when we used to hang out at the tower, and there'd be, like, 20 or 30 of us hang out the tower dude there was like I mean like right after I started they passed like the no open container law in downtown so like uh-huh. there was a lot less wild and a lot less broken glass and there's uh, that um, so like the park across the street from the tower which is like where we kind of all like merged it's not there no more that's where the, that's where you guys it's 600 capital out. now yeah oh yeah it's or, no it's 800 there. capital they put a building there dude yeah I'll tell fucking tell Luigi that shit dude he'll oh, miss yeah. that mural yeah. Uh, yeah, I saw a guy like pissing in that in that fountain yeah. over there, yeah. and then like scooping it up and like taking a drink out of it, and then like <laughs> bathing around in it. And like, I want to say that's like one of the weirdest things that he thought you saw that was extraordinary. Yeah. Uh, not impressive, man. I got I got nothing on. Like when John Rittman used to do MP, <coughs> like he created these things called the bomb trade cards. Oh yeah, yeah that was steamy and cream. Shitty Mary and Tupaco, and <laughs> they were just a, a an array of characters that were bums. And uh, the judge that used to walk around barefooted, talking to himself. 
in overalls. Yeah, I've heard more crazy stories than I've actually seen. Do you like yeah. it? Got I feel like I it, think I think you came in like when I you feel like it started settling. It down. tamed out, it, man. It did when you came into the scene in '05. It started. It started because our paychecks started going down in 2005. I would say. Our, uh, for three years, my paychecks just started going down and down. And by 2008, I was like, I quit like in the, the, the midway of 2008. And I was like, I'm out, dude. I say, I, I, I can't live off this anymore. So luckily, Nikki had just graduated from college and she got a corporate job and kind of made up for it. So, okay, next question. What do you say? Yeah, I would say you came down in a team. Yeah, it was. You, you weren't there when the twin. I need to. You have sure you heard. Oh of the twins, my god! The twins, like I said, I've heard stories, Spanky, man. Uh, Spanklin, of course, you know, Frankie, Frankie Dial, and and uh, fucking Splat, Swamp Donkey. And, oh man! Yeah, you know, <laughs> those guys were fucking out of control, dude. And they were they were so out of control. Just, just I mean, there is. I don't know. I don't want to like fucking tell a story about Hunter that might be like a little. Yeah, I'll, I'll save that for another time. <laughs> hey, I, well, last question. Then you can go PP. I have uh, to. The funniest moment on your bike in that something that you okay just cracking up laughing like I've heard you laugh really loud. You're like oh good 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 <laughs> like something that just had you fucking rolling, dude. Um, I know there's, everybody has that moment in downtown where they see something and it's like, you cannot believe, like, so the Spice Heads that used to be, like, almost funny and then just got, like, really depressing. The who? The, the Spice Heads, like, the fake weed heads. Oh, those guys. Dude, like, I've seen, dude, they man. they got really bad in downtown. They're really bad. Yeah. So, like, a really, the funniest thing that ever happened to me, um, like, I was, like, hauling ass, like, coming down uh, Louisiana and the turn onto Clay. Like, when you go under the thing, like, this lady was just, like, like dumping out her coffee. Like, didn't even look. And I was, like, hauling ass. And, like, I just got splashed with, like, lukewarm coffee. <laughs> and, like, I wasn't the, – the funny part was, like, I wasn't even fucking mad. I was just, like – wow that's so fucking stupid and and she probably felt miserable about it like you know who 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 fucking cares but like i i i fucking laughed out loud about that i was like oh my god i can't believe that just happened <laughs> that that's that's what i can remember but like i mean there's other stuff yeah i'm sure hey you know what well <laughs> i plan to put this real soon here i'm going i, I got I'm going video so real soon here and you can give me that same look you gave me earlier when you said me <laughs> so well think about next time I'll ask you those two questions and you can listen to this and say oh I remember this now like I'm gonna tell them about this story <sighs> so, think but about next it. time too like since it's gonna be video like uh, I'm gonna ask you guys to like bring something like squirrel box full like a shoe box full of shit. I got one, dude. And he started, that's what got us kind of disturbed. He started busting out stuff and like, it just brought back so many memories that I was just like, we spend like 10 minutes just on one picture or one flyer or something. Dude, that's the thing is like, cause like I was like in the, in the, in the later days of y'all's career and you know, like all my stuff is like kind of from, you know, y'all's on your way out to like, you know, I mean, it is what it is, but like, yeah, it, 
it, I feel like it got a lot less fun as soon as like a lot of y'all like just kind of oh dude the character there were so many oh characters. my god but I did want to ask you something earlier about but we'll say that for another day but um I remember you trying to run for NAC in Houston. When was that, dude? It's still happening, man. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to Columbia in 2020, and I'm going to run for Worlds. And if you want to help, I'm with you. My girlfriend says I can't go. To Colombia? Yeah, because I speak Spanish, and I might never come back. <laughs> Has she been there? No. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going. Actually, I was going to go to Indonesia in September for Worlds, but... Jakarta? Yeah. Uh, I'm actually going to save it for Colombia. And uh, I'm going to go to Colombia. I'm going to place the bid for 2022 uh, Worlds in Houston, 20 years after the NAC in Houston. That sounds... So I was bidding for 2021. For the NAC in For the NAC. And I, have, and I have to go to, to Boston for it. Like, oh, so it's Boston next year? No, uh, the NAC this year got canceled. Yeah. So... They're going to do the bid for 20... 22. 21. 2021. For 2020 and 2021 in Boston this year. So, man, yeah, it's a whole other... Well, I'm going to try my hardest. Cause if there's only going to be two messengers by 2022, maybe one, or if not none, I'd rather go out with the bang. That's the bang. No messengers in downtown. Finish off the messenger scene with the worlds. That's my slogan. <laughs> I'm fucking I'm, I'm down to try bro so, for the knack though I mean I need all the help I can get for the worlds I'll just tell you that right now I mean when we threw the knack in Houston shit there was like six key players that made it happen and I couldn't have done it or we couldn't have done it without each other and it was a lot of work, dude. Uh, I mean, we were in the hole. We six grand after all said and done. I had to pay two grand of it. Uh, Chris had to pay two thousand of it, and the Yeti had to pay two thousand of it. But it was like one of the best snacks. I mean, everything. We tried to make everything free for everybody who traveled down here, like except of course the race fee. But all the food and the alcohol, we tried to get. Dude, all the way yeah, that's free. been one of like the the lamest parts about the the last few races that I've been is like the the big ones was like the fucking money you have to pay New York for New York booze spin- uh, they had the deal five dollars for a 16 ounce can of Budweiser that is, and a shot that is not a great deal I'm not a I don't like Budweiser in a can <clears throat> but it was a shot of whiskey and a shot of or a 16 ounce can of Budweiser for five bucks PBR broke uh, Montreal off with like a pallet of beer a pallet and like we blew a lot of it it was Dude, great fucking when I went to Philly for the NAC in 05 PBR sponsored the whole thing in alcohol like we didn't have to bet drink any like the Two. they tried to sell them a dollar a can to raise money and they did and then after a while they just started giving it away 2007 I didn't even fucking drink at the time but Lagunitas had a trailer full of their beer like their 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 brewery was on the on the race course you know, and they had a trailer full of kegs of beer, you know, at the last party. Well, and I didn't even fuck wait. Yeah, man. Well, I, my connections with the, the <laughs> brew companies here in Houston. Same. Like, I think I can make that happen. Like, I like, think I could, like, pull some pull. Yeah, yeah. I think I can talk, you know, or ask Carbock and St. Arnold's and all these other breweries to 
be part of like a free beer giveaway for the world. Yeah. You know, as a sponsorship. Dude, all the breweries that I talked to about, you know, like the Texas, not all of them, but like, like they're down for it. But like, if we start now, like we might have a plan by yeah. then, you know. Well, that's why they do the two year in advance thing. So as soon as I make the proposal and then I say, hey, we got it. I just need your backup. So, but dude, I mean, the knack, the knack that we threw costs think it was like almost $20,000 Dude, I think I, I think I shelled out at like a good two on just the independence areas. No shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like at least close to it. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it costs money to throw events. I'll tell you that. I've been doing it now for over 20 years. <laughs> I know. And I lost so much. I mean, but I is, is it a loss? Like, it's not a fucking loss, it's dude. It's not like, a loss. The memories are there and people are having a good time. That's That was my, my premise for the net. Like, if... We might have lost at the end, but I say, did you have a good time? But did you die? <laughs> you know? So, like, the only reason I would have traveled in the past, like, so many for, like, however long is, like, for one of these bike races, you know? And, like that's what like fucking makes it you know it's like what other way is there to see a city like you know through the eyes of a black messenger you know like come to my town you know like come see yeah I don't know alright think about it dude Uh, that's next year Colombia I'm gonna go with flyers and a proposal and I'm gonna make my proposal in front of everybody Bogota Bogota Colombia I don't know I still might get a wild hair up my ass and go to Jakarta Maybe that's in J- August or September. Jakarta is this year. Yeah, I thought it already happened. No, oh, <gasps> no, it's in September, I think. Okay, September, or August. That would be fun. I've never been to Indonesia, so. Um, but yeah, well, Kavanaugh, thank you very much. I know you got to go pee pee. I have so, to make a uh, tinkle. Thanks for sitting down. We're at an hour and about thirty-seven minutes. That went by fast. Shit. So, Hopefully I can have you on here again uh, for videos. People can see what you look like <laughs> and give me those funny facial expressions. <laughs> but any last words, any last shout-outs that you want to say to anyone before we go out? Um, ride safe. Ride safe. Thank you very much. This is actually episode number 16. I think I said 15 in the beginning. Sorry, guys. But this is, uh, concludes uh, episode number 16 with Mr. Michael Cavanaugh. A.K.A. Francis. Francis. All right, we out. Late. Later.